0: Welcome to this very special episode of The Weekly. How great is that new intro song by the way it's pretty fun so uh, yesterday in our walk through Paul's letter to the Colossians we covered Paul's brief instructions to children and parents so we were in the section in Colossians where Paul speaks very specifically to the different members of the households that would have been represented in the church in Colossae and the thing that we said there is that Paul's Paul's command for us is to put on Christ where Christ puts us So that's applicable to uh, a husband and a wife, that's applicable to a parent and a child, that's applicable to bond servants and masters. Paul envisions all of life as a place where we can put on Christlikeness, where we can put to death those things that are earthly that remain in us and put on Christlikeness. Put on things like compassion, humility, forgiveness, kindness, and the like. So I thought it'd be helpful, since we covered really briefly the children and parents bit, I thought it'd be helpful to take two episodes to devote to the topic of parenting, where we unpack um, some of the concepts that are kind of wrapped up within this text. Now, if, I, if I'm honest, I would literally rather talk to anyone about anything else than parenting. How much money you make, how you feel about President Trump, what are your convictions on border control, literally anything other than parenting. And and that's not because the Bible is silent on the issue, because obviously that's not the case. We have passages like Colossians 3, um, Ephesians chapter 5, which is the sort of parallel passage to Colossians 3, and of course Proverbs is just full of of wisdom concerning parenting. But the reason that I would rather talk about anything else is it's, this topic is so fraught with danger. Because when we're talking about kids, we're talking about things that we love, things that we're very passionate about. Not only that, we're also talking about things that there's a little bit of pride wrapped up in. We are proud of our parenting, Um, and any time that we feel like someone is being critical towards our parenting, well, it challenges us. It's sort of of like poking at a hornet's nest when you start talking about things that people love and things that people have their pride wrapped up in. So, by God's grace, uh, may may we be humble and teachable and willing to uh, just consider things from the scriptures. Uh, my goal here in these episodes is that that I would be specific enough, um, or more specific than I could be on a Sunday morning, and specific enough that it's helpful, but not so specific that it feels meddling or binding or nitpicky in any sort of way. Uh, so, so why talk about parenting? Well, you know, one I already, I already mentioned Colossians. We've we've walked through Colossians, where Paul provides two verses of instruction. But, but also we've, we've got a lot of kids in our church it, it's a need we've, we've got a, long, a lot of children a lot of young children in particular um, a, a lot of a lot of children five and under and so there, there's a lot at stake and, and we want to we want to think well and think biblically about how we approach our parenting discipling these children and it's also my hope that maybe we're, we're desperate enough to to want some help hopefully we've if it hasn't happened yet and you're listening to this if, if you haven't had kids yet or your kids are still very young, At some point, you're going to hit a wall where you feel like you are totally out of your depth, that something comes across your path that um, kind of brings you, God graciously eases you into the realization that you are out of your depth. So by God's grace, may we be there, may we be really willing to consider these things. Um, But let me first acknowledge what you might be thinking. You're listening to this and you're thinking, why is Trevor talking about parenting? Like, isn't he very much in the fray with his kids? Um, isn't he just 32 years old and barely getting started just one third of the way there? It's it, It's not like you've, it, it, you're still very much in the fray. Like, the, 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 the outcome of your children is still very much uh, to be determined. And here's what I'd say to that. First, you were correct. You were absolutely correct. Uh, So don't hear anything that I'm saying here as kind of presenting, uh, holding myself out as some kind of pro on this. So don't come looking at me or my family as I'm I'm no pro at all. Uh, The second thing that I'd say is that, again, the the idea is to teach the Bible. Uh, The intent is to teach scripture, not my system or any one person's system. We want to be faithful to put on Christ where Christ has put us. Uh, So you don't need cancer to treat it sort of deal, right? Um... The, the last thing I'd say is that is that I'm presenting a lot of things that have been presented to me, a lot of things that have been helpful to me. I've had some older brothers, uh, a particular mentor of mine has walked me through most of this bit by bit. And so this is this is stuff that I've stolen and kind of taken from elsewhere. That's been really helpful for us. That I want to present to you all as well. And then one just kind of final preliminary comment. Let me take the pressure off of us and remind us that there are no such things. No such thing as perfect parents. There's no perfect system, there's no surefire way to guarantee that your child is going to turn out okay. So don't hear that. Don't hear me saying that. And frankly, that's ultimately not our job. Our job is to be faithful where Christ puts us. Our job as fathers, as parents, is to not provoke our children so as to not discourage them, but rather we are to raise them in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. All right, so that being said, let's jump in. All right, so Paul writes in his letter to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. In Ephesians 6, verse 1, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. So the first thing to notice here is that when Paul speaks to these kids, he tells the children to obey their parents in the Lord in Ephesians. And in Colossians, he says that they please the Lord by obeying their parents. And so when it comes to talking about our children's obedience to us, this is first a Godward submission. This is primarily about their worship of the Lord. All right, so for those power-hungry types among us. This is a little bit disappointing for us because it's not about teaching the children to obey us. It's not teaching the children to obey me. Ultimately, this is about teaching the children to obey the Lord. So anytime they sin against us, it's not against us first. It's sin against the Lord. Uh, the, The second thing I think that we can sort of take from this is that before we teach obedience that our children must be obedient to us, we better have a pretty good handle on our own obedience to the Lord. We better model it. Uh, it's a log and spec sort of deal. And you remember Jesus's words in and, and, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We cannot make our children what we aren't. right? So if we, if we want our children to be obedient to us and in so doing, uh, obey the Lord, we better be demonstrating ourselves what it looks like, looks like to obey the Lord. So we're teaching our kids to be devoted to God ultimately. Uh, so this is, this is not about making disciples of, of us. It's not about me making disciples of me or Emily making disciples of Emily. But we're, we're about making disciples of Jesus, lovers of God. And so God has given us a great responsibility with these children. Uh, Psalm 127, uh, the psalmist describes kids as an arrow in, in the quiver of a warrior. And when you consider like what the purpose of an arrow is, well, the purpose of an arrow is to be sent. So the idea here is that we are we were given these kids for a few short years to form them, to make them into disciples ultimately, and then commission them out into the world as disciples. So Paul's speaking to these children because Paul, I think, is working with the assumption that, look, like, kids, you can be disciples of Jesus too. And this is what discipleship looks like for you in your place, in the circle that God has put you in right now. Discipleship looks like learning to obey your parents. Right? So Paul says, children obey your parents. And so the thing that's hopeful to me about this is that we don't have to believe the lie that children are to be wild and rebellious. That we are a gift to our children to help them learn how to not be wild and rebellious. One of the ways that God's grace is evident with our kids is that He has given them parents, parents who desire for those kids to be under control and able to listen, able to receive instruction. Now a a wild child a kid who cannot control himself is not going to live a happy life. Like think, think, about, think about your own life. All right? when, when you have a bad attitude and when you're selfish and demanding and mean and rebellious, obviously no one's going to enjoy being around you. That's obvious. People aren't going to enjoy your company. But you're also not going to enjoy your company. right? Like you, when you're kind of miserable, you just make yourself miserable and you're, you're more miserable about how miserable you are right so it is I mean that's just kinda like a human reality and so it is with our kids we are teaching our children ultimately excuse me we're teaching our children how to be likable and pleasant like for one by teaching them obedience we're teaching them happiness a self-control that kind of puts a limit on bad attitudes and being mean and demanding and and all of that Um, and we're teaching them how to be pleasant pleasant both to others and pleasant to themselves so teaching obedience to kids is a gift as we consider that God has given parents to children, like we we recognize that we are a grace to those kids to help them learn how to have control over their passions and their emotions and their reactions to things. <coughs> now, when we mean obedience, or when we talk about obedience, what do we mean? Um, this is not original to me, but this is this has been really helpful to my family. Uh, the ways to sort of make obedience tangible is we tell our children that when you're told to do something by mommy and daddy. You do it immediately, completely, and with a happy heart. And anything less than immediately, completely, with a happy heart, is disobedience and requires discipline. All right, so the the way that we say it is right away, all the way, with a happy heart, since immediately and completely might be words that are too big for for our children. So, for instance, when we tell one of our children, all right, all right, bud, it's time for you to get your shoes on, we're going to get in the car and go to Gaga's house. We say, go get your shoes on. And the expectation is that our child, whatever they're doing, stops what they're doing, and they go get their shoes on. I mean, that's instant obedience. Um, uh, right away. We expect the child to obey right away. Uh, the reason is is we're going to develop this reflex in them to understand that when they're told something, e- even if they don't want to do it, that it's proper for them to do that thing. Uh, you think about, uh, as, an, as an adult, how valuable this is. Having the capacity to do things that you don't want to do and do them quickly. That is an asset in the workplace, for instance. Of course, that's how our obedience to the Lord ought to be as well. We Teach our children to obey right away, to listen right away. So this means that we don't do the counting thing, where it's like, all right, son, go get your shoes. The son child ignores. And so you say, one, two. Because you're not giving the child grace in that moment. Rather, you're giving the child more opportunity to, to sin, to delay obedience and thus sin against you. So in a way, we could we could... By taking that particular approach, we're we're sort of setting our children up to sin by not teaching them instant obedience. So when we say obedience, we mean right away. Son, put on your shoes. They go, put on their shoes right away. The second thing when we talk about obedience is we talk about obeying completely, obeying all the way. So with the shoes analogy, uh, the way this would work is if we say, you know, son, go put on your shoes. They put on their right shoe and then they on their left shoe and the job is done. They're, they're completed. They've they've Velcroed all of the things that need to be Velcroed. They're good to go. Uh, but sometimes what happens is they put on the right shoe, then they get distracted with that Lego that they found under the little table that our shoes are sitting on. and They start kind of playing with that Lego. Well, the problem with that is, is that's, well, it's not listening. It's not completing the task that they've been given. We said, son, put your shoes on. That includes both the right shoe, the left shoe. That includes totally Velcroing those things on. The expectation is that you do that job all the way. You see it to completion. And so 80% listening, or 50% listening in this case, is not listening. That's that's partial listening. That's partial obedience. Partial obedience is not obedience. And so we say, son, that's not listening. We instructed you to do this particular thing. You didn't listen all the way, so we have to discipline over that. The, so the third, So the first thing that we say when we talk about obedience is that they obey right away. The second thing is that they obey all the way. And then the third thing is that they obey with a happy heart. Now, it's not uncommon if you tell a child, like, put on their shoes. If they don't want to put on their shoes, they'll they'll do it, and they'll do it all the way. But if they don't want to put on their shoes, they're going to let you know, I do not want to put on my shoes. And and the whole time they're putting on those shoes, they're going to be giving you sour looks. They're going to be whining. They're going to be complaining. They're going to be lamenting the fact that they couldn't continue playing with the Hulk action figure, you know, whatever it is. And so what we say around the house is that when you don't obey with a happy heart. Uh, you are not obeying completely because you are not embracing the goodness and the uh, the beauty of the command that was given to you by your parents, by those authorities that the Lord has placed over you. Uh, part of obedience and part of entrusting ourselves to authority is, is learning to obey with a whole happy heart. Um, so if a child is uh, grieving and lamenting and grumbling and upset over the instruction that we gave them we we address that we say that's that's not appropriate you listen with a happy heart And again this is about teaching our child how to be both pleasant to others and pleasant to themselves because a child who has a bad attitude and is grumpy is not going to enjoy themselves and so we're we're doing our children a favor by saying like look you have control over your emotions and you can choose whether or not to be upset about this command Uh, and the expectation is is that when we give you a command we expect you to do so without complaint uh, again, if we kind of take into account our own obedience to the Lord, think again and again how important it is for our obedience to be a wholehearted obedience, uh, for it to be an obedience that, that it seeks to um, um, embrace the wisdom and goodness and beauty of the Lord's command to us. So when we talk about obedience, we teach our children, we listen right away, all the way, with a happy heart. We, we listen right away, all the way, with a happy heart. Anything less than this is disobedience, and it necessitates discipline. Now, I would like for you to consider, just for a second, like what would it look like for you to um, encourage your children to understand obedience along these lines? What would it look like for you to maybe tighten up the way that your family approaches obedience and even speaks of obedience by using these three categories, that obedience is right away, all the way, with a happy heart? I I think it would be really helpful. I think it would be helpful to you. I think it would be helpful to your Um, uh, your internal peace as it is very difficult to to work with children particularly toddler two three-year-old age that can be very difficult to sort of instill in them a desire to be well behaved and well-mannered and respectful and under control and all sorts of things Uh, but it's also going to bring peace to the child it's going to be really really helpful for the kid to learn how to develop these muscles now a few comments on discipline just for briefly Concerning method, um, you sort that out. You figure out what is best for your crew, what your house needs to do for discipline. Um, That is one of those areas that I think there's a lot of, um, it it just requires wisdom, discerning what works best in your house, what works best for each child, what the child's capital is, so to speak, so spanking, timeouts, you know, whatever. You, You need to figure out and be consistent with whatever you embrace as a family. It's important for mom and dad both to be on the same page here, right? So the first thing concerning method is, is sort through that. But the second thing is consistency is huge. Um, so, so it's not sometimes we're real tight on these things. Sometimes, we, sometimes we're sometimes we all about listening right away, all the way with a happy heart, and other times we're relaxed. It's not sometimes we address the unhappy heart. Sometimes we require right away that's just going to provoke your child. We'll talk about it in the next episode, but that's just going to provoke and frustrate your child and confuse your child. It's important that you are consistent in your application of discipline. And not only that, it's also important that mom and dad are consistent too. You want mom and dad to be a united front. That is key. Mom and dad need to be a... The parental head sort of needs to be a thing in your child's mind. It doesn't need to be dad is the one who disciplines hard, mom's the one who's soft and lets us get away with stuff. You need to have a united front in your approach to discipline, and, and your kids need to know that. Uh, and then just the, kind of the third comment here is you don't want to discipline in anger. The goal in our discipline is not to punish. Just like the Lord's discipline, the goal isn't to punish us. Rather, the goal is to form and teach us. So we don't want to, when our child inevitably disobeys, inevitably when our child does not listen uh, right away or all the way or with a happy heart we don't want to lash out on the child we don't want to freak out on the kid we want to provide correction to the child we want to teach them the error of their ways uh, error of their ways and teach them a better alternative And I, this is this is so difficult and i totally understand especially when you've got other kids involved younger siblings who are you know, been crying for the last hour and this child is, is grumpy and you're trying to address this one, it can become really difficult not to freak out. But the goal isn't to punish our kid. Our goal is to form and teach the child. So I think one uh, corollary of this is that we don't discipline with our voice. We don't yell at our child. We're, we're firm and we're immovable, but we're not harsh because the goal is not to break their spirit. The goal is to break their will. Like we, we, we want to teach them how to submit to authority, but we don't want to crush them. We don't want to provoke and ultimately discourage them. So maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, where is the gospel in all of this? How can we emphasize obedience to the Lord with children that haven't yet believed? And what about overlooking an offense? What about grace-centered parenting? Where does the gospel fit in all of this? I think it's a really important question. I think I'd say two things to that. The first thing that I'd say, is that the gospel is a story predicated on the idea of authority and consequences for disobedience. So the scriptures tell us that God is the creator of all things, and that all things are accountable to God. God is the authority uh, to whom all reverence and respect is due. And of course, the fall of man shows us that we do not give him the reverence and the respect and the love that he deserves. And so the result is that we are deserving of punishment. There are consequences for rejecting God as our creator. But the amazing news, the amazing news is that for those of us who humble ourselves, who repent and believe, we are given pardon. For those of us who have the humility to embrace forgiveness and to say, I'm I'm wrong, I have sinned, I own it, I am hopelessly lost without Jesus, that's when relief comes as soon as we own our sin and have the ability to own our sin that's when relief comes so if we never teach our kid consequences if we never teach our children that there are consequences for rejecting authority our children will never arrive at the point of feeling like they need the gospel if we don't teach them that they uh, that there are consequences for rejecting authority they were they will never arrive at the point where they realize they need forgiveness. They will never know the relief that the gospel is if they do not have a proper understanding of authority and consequences. And that begins in the earliest days in our kids. So ultimately, we're setting our kids up for success. We're teaching them how grace works. We're helping them understand how the world works and how gospel works. And we're doing them the favor of teaching them how miserable it is to do what you want and pout when you don't get it. The second thing I'd say is that this is disciplining our children is a golden opportunity to evangelize our children. So when our kids don't listen, we say, "Son, it's a sin when you when you don't live in obedience to mommy and daddy. You're ultimately disobeying God." And what we're trying to help you do is to to learn how to obey God. But none of us do it perfectly, and so that's why God sent His Son Jesus to die for our sins. Jesus came to die for us, and so your pray, or, or, your mommy and daddy pray that one day. You're going to trust Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. That one day you're going to see your need for Jesus' forgiveness. You're going to recognize the consequences of your sin. And you're going to repent. You're going to believe the gospel. It's a great privilege and responsibility to be given kids. In fact, my wife said last night before going to sleep, kind of reflecting on, reflecting on the day, that the, things that the thing that lands most heavily on her in the Colossians 3 passage is just the task of raising children raising little children. So may God give us grace. May God save our children. May God give us patience and clarity as we work through these things. Let me know if you have any questions. Um, I'd I'd really like to hear your thoughts on any of these, any of the things that have been mentioned today, even the format of this particular podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, You can submit them on our website. You can send me an email, trevor at tcgreerstation.com. I hope this is encouraging and edifying to you. And we will post something later this week. Until next time, thanks.